0: Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. Um, We have a very special guest here today. As you know, I focus on orphanages. That's my work. Um, At-risk youth, teens, youth, children in orphanages, and our special guest, uh, DJ Schutz, also known as DJ from the orphanage, uh, president of Strong Tower Ministries, co-author, Reciprocal Missions, and really why we have you on here today with us, DJ, is because you're the CEO of Dora Faith Orphanages in Baja, California. How are you doing today, DJ? Very good. Very good. Glad to be here. And so we I know you from Dora Faith. Um, I spent some time there. Uh, how long have you been there? How'd you end up being a director? Because uh, I think you're a gringo. How, how'd you end up being a director at an orphanage in Baja, California?
1: Uh, guys, a short interview for that. Uh, <laughs> my wife and I have been down here for uh, 26 years. Uh, we've been doing this a very long time. My background is really business, but I was bringing a youth group down to Mexico serving at uh, various orphanages. Most of them are depressing, miserable places. And it made me crazy. I knew it could be done differently, that an orphanage could actually be kind of a cool place to grow up if it's done right. And I was there one day visiting a, uh, an orphanage, and uh, a boy was being dropped off. And you don't think about that when you work with orphanages, but every child has a first day. And I saw how terrifying that was for him. He was old enough to know what was going on, and just his life as he knew it was over. And just the pain, the fear, I could see all this on him, and it had a profound impact on me. Uh, Just being with him, trying to comfort him that day, um, as much as I hurt for him, I'd never felt so used by God as sitting with somebody at their lowest, at their most terrified. And as weird as it sounds, I wanted more of that in my life. I wanted that kind of purpose in my life. And um, uh, within two years, um, I was in Mexico, took over a struggling orphanage. We started with 34 kids and some rundown buildings. Hmm. And uh, today, we're the largest orphanage in northern Baja, and I spend more of my time today doing orphanage consulting, uh, both in Mexico, several countries in Africa, and other areas. And uh, our goal today is to raise the bar in orphan care. Uh, today, dorfit wow. cares for over 100 children, um, uh, from infants all the way through young adults, but our kids, most of them stay with us. 70% of our kids will never see blood relatives again. And we wanna give them all the tools that they're gonna need in life, the stability, the decision-making, the education. Uh, Currently, we have close to 20 children at university level. We've graduated doctors, attorneys, lawyers, architects, and um, we wanna help the children move through healing and become productive members of society. That's so cool. You, you spoke about raising the bar in orphan
0: care, and, and uh, we at Create Purpose, we touched on that a lot. How do you guys do that at Dora
1: Faith? Um, we focus on three main areas. We keep things very, very simple. We want to focus what our, our mission is. First, we have our kids as close as we can to a normal family life. Hmm. Uh, a lot of stability, meals together, birthday celebrations. Everybody gets a cake on their birthday family outings, a lot of family traditions, um, all those things that a normal family would expect we want to give to our kids. Uh, We have very little staff turnover. Um, We want to give them that level of stability. Huge focus on education. Um, I touched on that already, but along with all the public schools we use, uh, we have three full-time teachers on staff just to help with tutoring, make sure the children have everything they need to move forward. And then we've set up many micro-businesses on site, training our kids in various trades and the business aspects of running things. Um, we do a print shop. We do silk screening and printing. We have a fully equipped bakery uh, selling cakes for uh, birthdays, quinceas, other events. Mm-hmm. Candle making, welding. We've opened several micro-businesses on site, letting the kids run those. But the key, this might go on a tangent that you weren't expecting. No, I dig it. What makes Dorf Faith different, why we do not have runaways, why I feel our kids do well, is we don't treat our children as victims. Hmm. And so often... anti Exactly. Hmm. Um, too often in foster care or in orphanages, they become professional victims. Poor me, hmm. look at me. And we hate that. Yes, they've had horrible things done to them that does not define them, that is not who they are. And the way we help them move through that is the concept of service as a healing model. Our children, pre-COVID, but we hope it comes back, um, are active in serving in the community. Our children go out and distribute food to poor families in the area. Our children go serve in other orphanages. Our children help build homes for poor families in the area. It's part of our ongoing culture that our children give to others. Mm -hmm. We believe God created us for that. We believe we're designed to do that. We're not healthy until we're doing that. And it brings a child from victim, poor me, look at me, look what's been done to me, over to empowering. They're having Mm -hmm. an impact on other people's lives. And those three areas that I've covered—family, education, community service—are really our mm-hmm. three pillars that we feel creates healthy adults. And now
0: um, you touched on COVID nineteen and hoping to re- go back to that. What? Uh, how? So we are right now in the 2020 COVID pandemic, uh, COVID nineteen pandemic. How are things that Door Faith? How have, have you shifted? I know you guys are receiving a lot less visitors than you normally do. Um, Has it affected your operations? What's going Um, on?
1: We are like any other family with 100 kids. Um, (laughs) We uh, are adapting to what I think is going to be pretty much our future for the foreseeable future. We host a lot of groups. Our facility is very different than most orphanages. We have a large property and lots of housing for visitors. Mm-hmm. And we host groups, but then we send them out to serve in the community doing home construction of the projects. Um, but we host hundreds of groups, or had until this year hosted hundreds of group groups every year. And we love having groups, and we loved sharing what we do and exposing teams to the power of serving other people. Mm-hmm. Well, Mexico is as shut down as the U.S. currently. Um, Full quarantine. We have not had a visitor on site in about eight weeks. Oh, wow. Um, Per Mexican government, we're not allowed to have visitors on site. We've had to readjust some things. But Mexico is as shut down as the U.S. in that um, restaurants are closed, businesses are closed, uh, shelter at home, orders. So that has shifted it dramatically. Fortunately, we have a large enough property that our kids don't feel closed in. Um, We sit on over 100 acres, and they have a lot of kids to play with, we're having a lot of uh, regular activities going on, and we're trying to maintain as much of a normal life as we can without the visitors. Mm -hmm. Um, So far, honestly, we're doing okay financially. Uh, We depend a lot on the groups to bring in supplies and bring in uh, support, but a lot of our donors know it was going to be hard, and they've been very, very generous and uh, upping a little bit. Um, with the shifting economic times the peso has shifted where it was floating around 18 and now it's bumping up against 23 25 mm-hmm. Our donations coming in dollars that helps <laughs> so right now we're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen if uh, in the next uh, weeks and months as Mexico uh, starts to uh, hesitantly opened up like the US is currently doing mm-hmm.
0: And well, you said that you uh, do some consulting more often um, for for orphanages. What are you seeing outside of Dora Faith and other orphanages? Are there more struggles? Or the um, I I know you're, you're, the operation there is a little tighter than most. Um, are you Are you seeing that that is having a really negative effect on the, that the majority of orphanages or no?
1: Yeah. Um. And worldwide, in the U.S., we tend to focus on our continent, and most Americans just on the states. But um, this is a worldwide issue. And we work with orphanages in Ghana, in Malawi, and other areas. And we're hearing the same things and the same struggles. Their economies are shut down. And they're not so much dealing with the illnesses, but they're dealing with the economic outflow of this, that there are no groups, tourism is gone, local economies are collapsing. So there's a part of orphan care that people don't think about. When donations take a heavy hit we really get a double hit because people who are on the brink of losing their kids mm. wind up losing. There are more kids in the system mm. when economies collapse. Stress on the family, alcohol, abuse, straight up uh, economic orphans uh, where the families can no longer afford to feed them. But um, I kind of knew going into this, because I've been at this a long time, after 9-11 we saw the same thing, a huge jump in kids as the economy tanked. And uh, we've taken in about 15 new kids in the last uh, two months. And um, uh, D Mexico Social Services, is scrambling to find homes for all the kids that are, um, are uh, entering the system right now. So uh, we get a hit with lower, fewer donations coming in, and we get a hit with additional mouths to feed and children that need healing and care. And we're not alone in that. We're seeing this in orphanages throughout Baja. As um, people are meeting, directors are meeting, we're having lots of conversations of what will it look like uh, two weeks, two months, two years from now. Hmm. Um, Short-term missions is a huge support for orphanages. And I know there's a lot of different opinions on that, but um, good or bad, short-term missions is probably over for at least a year. Um, Even if everything opens up, people aren't going to be traveling much. and. Mm -hmm. both for economic reasons and fear reasons, it's, it could be a long road back. Well, let's talk about that for a little
0: bit. Um, switching from the COVID conversation, uh, I, short-term missions. I, I, as that I create purpose. You know, um, I've I've shared with you my stance before, and you know, our followers, my my friends know. Uh, I, I am so anti pobrecito uh, That's absolutely, but also so anti-visitor. Um, it's, it's interesting. We I've seen with my eyes and, you know, I've, I've, uh, led a lot of people down to orphanages over the years. And, um, you see these people really get connected to the children and then they leave and they don't come back. Um, ha, so for that reason, and for really, um, for various reasons, I, I think the the anti stuff movement, I'm, I, I see so many people the, of these vis- visitors. Um, who want to go and re- really go down to visit orphanages and uh, to give back, to serve with the best intentions, and they have they have a truck full of plastic toys and old clothes. And, I mean, and so we really established this thing about don't give a fish, but teach to fish. It's, you know, you give a man a fish, leave for a day, but if you teach a man a fish, leave for a lifetime. Um, I know you understand that with your business background and you sort of having these revenue generating things and micro businesses at the orphanage. Um, but where, where is your stance on that, on stuff versus, you know, visitors versus getting too close to, to the children emotionally versus all this orphan tourism stuff that, that we talk against, um,
1: we only have as much space as YouTube has, or I'd give you a whole lecture. (laughs) Um, There's obviously differing views on anything. People are going to have different opinions and strong stances one way or the other. And you are not alone. I hear that all the time. But I take um, a little bit different approach on it. It all comes down to communication and the heart behind it. Um, If people want to bring supplies, if they want to bring stuff, Communication, communication, communication. Find out what the real needs are. Mm -hmm. Orphanages don't need cheap toys. They don't need candy. Um, I've seen enough pinatas for 10 lifetimes. (laughs) But baby formula, school supplies, Mm -hmm. foodstuffs, cleaning supplies, things that are legitimate needs. If you're going to an orphanage, don't just clean out your garage. (laughs) Find out what the needs are and address those needs. And that's how to still bring stuff, but know you're being impactful. Believe me, a case of bleach isn't as much fun as passing out Hershey bars, but a director is going to be so much happier with a case of bleach. You know, these are the kind of things we need, the laundry soap, the toothpaste, the things that are consumables. But, um, you touched on a topic. Uh, uh, you might edit this whole next paragraph or two. Okay, which is okay. Which is okay. Um, I've been doing this a very long time. I've heard all the arguments. And How I, many years? Uh, 26 years. 26 years, right. Um, up until this year, we were averaging close to 300 teams a year. 300 teams a year. That's a lot of people through the orphanage. Okay. If we thought it was detrimental to our kids, we wouldn't allow that. So I feel there's two different ways to look at this. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a home that I feel is better run, you talked about them coming in, bonding with the kids, and never coming back. It's -hmm. a real problem, okay? If a home is well-run, they are A, limiting the time with the visiting groups, But they have sufficient staff ratios and quality staff and low staff turnover. So the children are bonding already with their caregivers, with the people they see every day, with the people that are actually raising them like they would in a normal family. We don't replace mom and dad. I know that. But if you have a solid staff, they are bonding with the kids. They are giving that attention. So when visitors come in, it is just that. It's visitors. It's an uncle visiting. You're not going to bond with an uncle you see once a year. But, oh, family, friends are coming by. We have a barbecue. We might do something cooler. But that doesn't affect the bonding they have with quality staff. Like I said, there's a lot of varied opinions. People brighter than me have, have strong opinions on this. Well, I was addressing... A well staffed home. Well, most orphanages aren't. No, they're all, right? The vast most majority are understaffed. Are understaffed, mm-hmm. with high staff turnover, mm-hmm. and the children are starved for affection. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is just food for thought here. Um, if I was sitting across the table from a child and they were physically starving, Mm -hmm. And all I had was a Hershey bar. It's not healthy. It's got no vitamins. It's bad for them. But I would gladly give them the Hershey bar if that's all they were going to eat that day.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Well, the homes that are horribly staffed, where the kids are starved for affection, a one-time visitor or a visitor coming in for a week is not the ideal situation. But I feel it's better Mm. than nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, strong opinions, if an orphanage is strictly running it as poverty tourism and their heart's wrong, everybody has to make those judgment calls. But showing affection when it's a child is desperate for that, I'll give it. It's, it's, and like I said, there's strong arguments either way. Um, Absolutely. You, you actually
0: talk, but how can you know that it's poverty tourism? You've been in this industry for a long time this with in orphanages can you tell the difference between a broken window versus an orphanage purposely leaving that window broken so that a visitor will give them some cash like can you tell the difference
1: If you go back several times to an orphanage and there's no improvement at all mm-hmm they're running it for the wrong reasons. If the director is living way above the level of the children, it's being run for the wrong motivations. But how I judge an orphanage are two things. Um, Sounds, if I'm walking around an orphanage and I hear healthy children's sounds, if they're playing, if they're crying, if they're having interaction, those are good, healthy sounds. If the kids are lethargic, if the kids don't react like they should, that's a huge red flag for me. But the bigger issue, and none of this sounds odd, I judge a home with my nose. Hmm. Soap is cheap. Water is basically free. I <laughs> judge a home when I walk through is the cleanliness. Are they changing the sheets enough? Do they have a rodent problem? Are the kids bathed? And are they trying to present themselves in a respectful way? Maybe maybe not brand name clothes, maybe not a beautiful facility, but clean is just a Mm -hmm. self-expect thing. Um, I've been to homes where the children intentionally put on their worst clothes, Mm -hmm. their ratty shoes on weekends because they know that's when visitors are coming by. And the kids know how to put on the act. They know how to play that, and um, that's just wrong. That's manipulative. It's not fair to the kids. It's not fair to the visitors, Um, but that really has to come down to building a relationship with the director and deciding if that's the caliber home you want to um, back or try to help or support. Um, Mm -hmm. Thorny issues. There's going to be a lot of strong opinions on that one, Um, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah.
0: Well, no that 's a good that's that's good insight um, and so I know that you have a lot of uh, i don 't want to say advice or opinion um, but uh, you, you have a weekly blog blog d j from the orphanage mm-hmm. what what are you trying to do with that you 're trying to you 're trying to tell i 've read it you you're, tell the visitor a specific message like you are continually to tell the orphaned visitor a specific message. Which I think, what message, I, most of all, are you trying to get across from your, from DJ, your, the DJ
1: from the Orphanage blog? Um, that, no one's ever asked me straight up that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to raise the level of orphan care, but I also want people to do a quality job in short-term missions. Hmm. Um, like orphanages, which have become kind of politically incorrect in the last few years, Short-term missions, there's been a lot written about um, how much damage it can do. And you touched on that, the idea of poverty, tourism, and orphanages. And there's a lot of damage done through poorly run short-term missions, um, where it is just a poverty tour, where it is just a feel-good trip, where the money isn't being effectively spent, or the efforts actually do more harm than good. 100% agree with that. But if it's done right, if short-term missions is done right, just like orphan care, it can be life-changing and a positive experience for everybody involved. I've seen a lot of horrible. I've seen a lot of good. Uh, The analogy that uh, we use in um, our book on short-term missions, uh, reciprocal missions, plug, um, (laughs) is marriage. A lot of marriages suck. There's a lot of abuse. There's a lot of damage. There's a lot of people who are abandoned. Um, If you look at it and only focus on the, what can be really horrible side of marriage, everybody would advocate for doing away with marriage. But when it's done right, when it's done with the right attitude, with the right expectations, with two healthy people entering into a healthy relationship, marriage can be an incredible gift from God that will last a lifetime. Well, short-term missions are the same way. If you only focus on the terrible and the horrible stories of what's going on, you wouldn't want to go on a trip or you think it's not going to be effective or only do damage. But the ones that are done well, and this applies for orphanages or short-term missions, if it's done well, it's fantastic.
0: Hmm.
1: There's a need and orphan care needs to be done better. Every country screws it up. Nobody gets it right. 70% of children in foster care in the U S the best funded child care system in the history of the world, 70% will wind up in prison. It's a broken system. There are some great people working within the system, but it's a broken system as a society. We need to do better for orphans. Well, Part of that is going out and educating ourselves, learning what's out there, and that's one of the reasons I also like short-term missions. Americans need to go out and see what the needs are, to see what the rest of the world is like, to broaden our own horizons. Horizons. Okay. Now I can speak English. Um, okay. That it can be healthy all the way around when we talk about reciprocal missions, it is a give and take relationship. It is a relationship. Mm -hmm. The orphanages, the clinics, the churches, uh, the outreaches around the world that receive groups, I've never met an organization that didn't want more groups. Well, Mm -hmm. where's the disconnect? They seem to think there's a positive involved. On the other side, After spending the last almost three decades hosting short-term teams, the same phrase over and over again is uttered as people get in the van and drive away. I'm leaving with so much more than I came with. Uh
0: Uh
1: When it's healthy, everybody wins. When it's healthy, just like marriage, Uh it's positive Uh for everybody involved. If it's someone with the right attitude, with the right approach, I know people who are serving full-time in orphanages, in clinics, all around the world, who got their first start on a weekend in Mexico. Hmm. I've never met anybody in full-time missions work that didn't start on a short-term trip. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a huge advocate, obviously. Did you? I'm here. I no, walked into a successful business in Southern California. <laughs> mm-hmm. My first trip was bringing a group of high school kids to Baja.
0: That's mine. <laughs> that's, a, that's a short-term mission. You're right. Um, that's cool. Uh, let, let let me ask you. Um, uh, with all this, there's so much, uh, so many bad stories, sad stories going around. What what's a really great story coming out of Dora Faith? What's oh, a really great story out of, of, of a child coming out, or yeah,
1: coming out? Outdoors. I can spend all day talking how proud I, that, give my me, kids. Give me
0: your best. Give me your best.
1: <laughs> I am proudest of my kids mm. who become great parents, and we've mm. broken the cycle when they're making good life decisions. Um, other than this year, I attend a lot of graduations, mm. and I still cry at graduations to see a kid graduating with his architecture degree or his law degree or his medical degree. One of our kids just uh, designed the new Holiday Inn Express in Ensenada. Our kids are out there changing things. They're directors of schools. They're doing good things, but to see them being great parents. Uh, About a year and a half ago, um, I had the privilege, two of the uh, young adults that we'd raised, have been had been out of the orphanage a long time. Uh, they were in their mid-20s. Uh, he had his own construction firm. She had recently graduated from school. They were getting married. They came back to the orphanage. They asked me to do the ceremony. Uh, they had their marriage, their wedding, on site at our chapel at the orphanage. Not many people can say they marry off two of their children to each other. Um. <laughs> um But to see them making great life decisions. Um, They had their first child a couple months ago, and um, they're doing well. And ultimately, that is the goal of an orphanage, that the children move through abandonment, move through the hurts, move into healing, and become healthy members of society. It's not just keeping them alive. It's giving them all the tools they will need to be healthy, functioning adults for the rest of their lives. And um, I can share a lot of stories like that. We actually have family reunions today. Um, and I can't wait till uh, lockdown lifts so we can have another one. <laughs> Where we put the word out. And there's actually a whole Facebook um, group that's nothing but Dora Faith graduates. And we announce stuff. And it's a pop- oh, and cool. they turn out. We spend <laughs> a day playing volleyball and some carne asada. And it's a great event, but they yeah. come with their kids and their, and, um, uh, when, when it's works, when you see it working, um, mm. uh, month or so ago, we had, uh, some, uh, some of our adult kids at the house and, uh, one boy in particular, he's now, the uh, mid thirties. He and his wife oversee one of our homes at the orphanage and they have their own kids. But his five year old was helping him up at my house here, um, grilling carne asada. And just to see him patiently teaching his five year old how long to leave it on the grill how to season the meat, how to flip it over. He was very dad, and it was just this weird proud moment to see what had come from this boy who was brought to us when he was about nine years old who had never had a real pair of shoes in his life. I remember showing him how to tie his shoes at nine, and uh, now he's, um, he's doing great. I
0: love that breaking the cycle. I mean, breaking the cycle. Right
1: okay. um,
0: now, uh, thank you so much, DJ. I know uh, the majority of our friends um, at Create Purpose—they uh, go to orphanages, donate to orphanages, visit in some way, have a heart for, for orphan children or you know at-risk children—and um, are probably going to to go to an orphanage in the very near future, or um, well, you know in the in the future. Uh, what what advice can you give them?
1: I know there's so much advice on this call, but yeah. What what can you tell them? Communication, communication, communication. Hmm. Talk to the um, director and find out what the real needs are. Um, directors are hesitant, especially as a cultural thing. I think a lot of the Hispanic directors have a hard time communicating true needs, <laughs> but try to dig deeper. Ask them hmm. what keeps them up at night. Hmm. What are their headaches? How can... You speak into that. How can you help with that? I had a um, uh, uh, Hispanic director asked me several years ago. Uh, came to me with a real frustration because every group showed up with candy, and she was afraid to tell the groups what we really need is a case of apples or a block of cheese or something you know more nutritious. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want to offend. The visitors because they depend on the visitors bringing donations Mm -hmm. and I had to try to explain to her culturally Americans want to help they want (laughs) to be effective tell them the girls need underwear (laughs) Um, tell them what your specific need is and I explained to them Americans want to help they will jump through hoops to provide for kids in need if they know it's a legitimate need and it's being put to good use so as a visitor communicate. It's like any relationship, communication, communication, and communication. I love it. DJ, I appreciate you so much.
0: All that you've done in door of faith, um, you know, <laughs> you building and you helping and you can, you just, just working in this community. I appreciate you so much. Um, I look forward to seeing you again.
1: Um, and yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate this time with you, man. Okay. Thank you so much. And looking forward to seeing your future, um, broadcasts. Very good. <laughs> I have a good one. Thank you, you so much. You Thanks guys. a lot. Talk to
0: you soon. Bye-bye.